are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. So, uh, how many have ever been in trouble uh, before? Have you ever been? Yeah. How many woke up in trouble this morning? (laughs) You didn't put the right shirt on, or you didn't shave, or you didn't... (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, trouble's just kind of the reality of life, isn't it? You know, we find ourselves in trouble. Abby, have you ever been in trouble? Yeah? Yes. And you know, um, you know... The uh, trouble I, can be, it's just inevitable, isn't it? It's inevitable. I was, I was in and out of trouble as a, as a, you know, a son, and I was, as a student, you know, and just, uh, just an individual in uh, my own community. But I, I think trouble is just inevitable. It's just, there's not much you can, you know, do. It's just going to happen. We don't look for it always, but it happens. Trouble comes. And, and trouble... I think trouble is required in, for us sometimes, though. We don't like the times of trouble that we go through. We don't enjoy that. I don't enjoy that in particular. I don't like, you know, having difficulties and, and uh, you know, the concerns and the, the worries of life. But I find that trouble does something to my spirit, kind of like what working out does to your muscles. And... Um, you know, it kind of strengthens you. It strengthens you, doesn't it? When you, come through the, when you come through the dark valleys and the deep times, the seasons of life, you know. And you know, the other thing, though, about trouble is this. It's not only inevitable, and not only, I think, is it required, but, you know, it's seasonal. And I think, you know, we need to re- be reminded of that, that trouble is seasonal. My... Um, you know, uh, some friends in the church uh, had this saying, you know, dear, dear saints, uh, they would say, you know, this day too shall pass. Huh? How many used to say that? This day too shall pass. Why did you say that? Because you were reminding yourself that trouble is only seasonal. It's not going to be forever, right? Weeping may last for the night, but what? Joy comes in the morning. How many? I'm going to date myself here a little bit, but how many remember? Um, how many remember um, Andre Crouch? I, my first exposure to Christian music was listening to Andre Crouch and the Disciples live at Carnegie Hall. Do you feel that? You felt that, didn't you? <laughs> Some of you are going, yeah, I'm going to go home and play that right now. You know. And he used to say, he said this in one of his songs. He said, "If I never had a problem." I wouldn't know that God could solve them. I thought that was some good truth. That was good truth. Philippians 4, 6-7 in the message says, Don't fret or worry. Instead, shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. And before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens. When Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. So what do you do when you find yourself in trouble? I think we need to make a decision not to worry. 
When I look at trouble, I think I need to look at it this way. I need to recognize it as it is what it is, but God is who He is. Therefore, I choose to put my trust in Him. Now, I'm the guy... I'm that guy who tends to think that the cup is half full. Are you like that? Or do you tend to kind of think the cup is half empty? You know, and my wife and I are a good balance for each other. You know, I'm like, oh, this is great. And she goes, no, this is not great. You know, and, uh, and, and, and you know, sometimes she needs to, like, balance me out and remind me of that thing. But she, when she's going, this is, this is horrible. The, you know, th- this whole thing is coming you know, coming apart, and I'm like, no, it's not coming apart. Man, look at this. This is an opportunity for something greater. We realize that it is what it is, but God is who He is. We'll come back to that. Matthew 6.25 in the New Living Translation says, So I tell you, don't worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or drink or clothes. Doesn't life consist more than food or clothing? So make a decision not to worry. The other thing we need to do is perhaps change our focus from the problem to the promise. We're really good at focusing on problems, but we need to focus on the promise. And there's a story in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 that just kind of amazes me. And it's a story that surrounds a great king named Jehoshaphat. And while the Bible says this, that he was this great king, one day he gets messengers coming to him, this great king, and they report this to him. They say, King, a vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They're already at... uh, has has on Tamar. That there would concern me. <laughs> this was another name for the Engedi. But I'm like, no, not Hazaz on Tamar. <laughs> and the Bible says Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news. And he begged the Lord for guidance. And so he ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. I understand your church has been fasting. So people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. And Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard of the temple of the Lord, and he prayed, Lord God of our ancestors, You alone are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler of all kingdoms of earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. Our God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people Israel arrived? And did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Your people settled here and built this temple to honor your name. They said, whenever we are faced with any calamity such as war, plague, or famine, we can come to stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us, and you will hear us and rescue us. And now see what the armies of Moab, Mount Seir, are doing. You will, not let our, 
You would not let our ancestors invade those nations when Israel left Egypt. So they went around them and did not destroy them. Now see how they reward us. For they have come to throw us out of your land, which you have given us as an inheritance. And then he goes on to say, God, won't you just stop them? He's saying, Lord, you, you gave us these promises. You gave us these promises and, and, and we, you gave us some guidance and you told us what we do and we did it. And we, you know, we spared those people and now look what's happening. Have you ever felt that uh, you know, as you've just walked along in your journey with the Lord, that, you know, hey, I've done my best to, you know, to, to uh, serve you, God. But even in, in some of those times, just, you know, in your faithfulness, you know what, you, it doesn't mean you're going to be exempt from trouble and times of testing. Do you ever think that God might be wanting to produce something in you? Rather than saying, oh, why is this happening to me? Maybe there's a purpose behind it. I often think that, um, you know, some of the situations that I find myself in are simply this, God's classroom for my life. I remember working for, a, you know, a particular boss one time, and I didn't like this boss, Pastor Lance. I, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I didn't really like him. I thought he was, you know, he was telling me how to do things and what, you know, and how I could do, you know, I should have done this and I should have done that. And uh, it was just like, oh, it was just on me all the time for certain things. And, you know, I'm like, Who, what does he know really about what I need to do? And I remember um, wanting to uh, get away from all that and, 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 and go some, you know, somewhere else and work for somewhere, someone else. And you know what happened? I went and worked for someone else. And then uh, the same thing happens over again and i'm thinking are you kidding me those guys must be related you know they're they they come from the same mother you know like you know i can't believe this kind of crazy thinking and and all that stuff and then and then i really felt the lord begin to speak to me he goes mike listen because and i'd be and i would be praying god i i I need i need you to help me with this one area and it's like god is saying listen i've been trying to help you for a long time I gave you a teach. I put you in my classroom to learn something. You rejected the teacher. So I just, you know, and you went somewhere else. And guess what? You can, you can, you can run from the classroom all you want. But if God wants to teach you something, He's going to continue to teach you. The question is, do you want to learn? And some of us think it's better to run from our problem and our trouble than it is to face it. And how many know it's kind of hard to face your problems? It's hard to face problems, isn't it? You may have a marriage that's in trouble. Sometimes it's easier to run from your marriage. Oh, it's messy. It can be messy. All that. We try to do things our way. I was talking to a man two nights ago, and he said, you know, he said, we, I, was at, we were, I was at the end of my rope. My wife was uh, leaving me and did leave me. He said, I was, I was suicidal. I was so depressed. And uh, he said, I came and I talked to one of the pastors at the church, had a coffee with him at Tim Horton's. 
Oh, thank God for Tim Hortons. It's a powerful anointing there. <laughs> and uh, he said he went and had a coffee there with his, with his pastor. And he said, and he says, you know what? I realize that I've been running from all my problems. And I needed to face them. And he goes, and I, I, the first thing I needed to do was get my life right with God. He said, so I surrendered my life to the Lord. He said, my wife was not a Christian. He goes, I was an atheist. He goes, but, he goes, but when you're in trouble, you need something to believe in. And he was an atheist. But he said, God, if you're really out there, and God began to do a powerful work in his life. And for the next seven years, instead of running for his, from his problem, he faced his problem. And seven years later, he was reconciled with his wife. And, uh, and for the last year now, God has been doing a work, a deep work in both of their hearts. Isn't that great? That's what happens when you face your problems. And these guys didn't know what to do. And he said this in 2 in Chronicles. He says, we are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We don't know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. Have you ever felt like you just didn't know what to do? I remember years ago, there was a man who was in part of our... When I was pastoring at a church, there was a young man named Damien, and... Uh, he was a British fellow. He came out, we were going to take some young adults out camping. I thought, that's a great thing to do with young adults, take them to the mountains, do some camping and hang out. We'll just talk about God, have some great worship times and all that. And um, so we all went. I had about 60 or 70 people coming. And, and then one of the young adults said, uh, Mike, he said, I've got this guy that works with us at the restaurant. I really think it would be great for him to come to this young adult thing and and it was this Damien guy, this British fellow. He said, would it be okay to bring him? And I said, absolutely, bring him. You bring him. And he said, uh, he said okay, but I just got to warn you. He said, he said he, he's, he's, he's a bit of a handful. And I said, well, that's fine. You know, we'll, we'll just come on. Anybody's welcome. He said, no, well, okay. But just so you know, I mean, he's probably going to bring a lot of booze with him. And I'm like, we can handle this, right? And then we're like, uh, and then he's got, now he's got a little bit of a drug issue too, you know? And I'm like, okay, well, what else do I need to know about this guy? And anyway, after I find out, he goes, and, and he's really, he's just like, uh, he's kind of loud, obnoxious, and he hits on the girls all the time. And, and uh, but, you know, I think it'd be really good for him to come. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, you know, bring him, you know? So he comes, and I'm like, it can't be that bad. Oh, let me tell you, folks. It, it wasn't that bad. It was worse. <laughs> we arrived at the, uh, at the campsite. The, man, the young man gets out of the car, you know, and, and uh, he, he, you could hear him, you know, uh, half a block away, you know. He's just so loud and, and, and all that stuff. And uh, anyway, we're all setting up, and uh, he's lighting up. <laughs> and uh, we're, uh, you know, and so we're all, we're all kind of like... Um, you know, okay, you know, that's cool. We're going to reach out to this guy. Do one of these, um, you know, just love on him a little bit here. And so there was a time that we got 
you know, the evening had come in, and we're all sitting around the, the fire, and this is after a couple of worship sessions we'd had, and this guy, he was in there, and, and uh, he, you could see he was just so distracted by what was going on around him, and I think he was, he was trying to, you know, look, look around and check out some of the girls and, and all that stuff, and so we're, we're leading worship there, and, and then I got up to speak. And, and I, so I just felt that, you know, I really needed to make this message clear for my friend. And, uh, and so he, uh, he's sitting there. I find out another thing about him. But he's, he's sitting there, and, um, and I'm speaking, and I give this message. And it's, a, it's like just a really simple but clear gospel message. Listen, if you don't get right with God, you see that fire pit we have here? Nothing. You know, and I'm trying to like... <laughs> I'm making it as absolute clear as possible. There is a heaven. There is a hell. You know, most of us are going, but some of us aren't. You know, and uh, I don't know what I said exactly, but I'm making my point really clear, you know. And uh, and uh, so anyway, and I said, listen, um, if you need if you want Christ in your life, there's anybody here. And I never assume that anybody is, uh, you know, just on the outside. You may look like you're ready for heaven, but. I don't know, I don't know if you are, you know. And I never make that assumption anywhere I go. So, I just, I, I gave a basic appeal for people who want to, you know, surrender their lives to God. Nobody did. Except this guy. He puts up his hand. He goes, he didn't do it the way we do it, you know what I mean? Like, he, he just kind of like, you know, everybody's kind of like with their head bowed, eyes closed, you know, our little Christian way. He just kind of straight up looking at me. He goes, I'd like to do that. Mate. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, so we're kind of like, you know, just letting it happen. Somebody's playing the guitar. We're going. He'd, he'd acknowledge that and stuff like that. And I said, is there, any, is there anybody, you know, else who would like to? Um, you know, receive the Lord today. And he's like, as if I didn't hear him, he's like, I'd like to do that. And I'm like, all right. And I've never actually interrupted an altar call before. But I just said, all right, listen, man, let me tell you something. Because I'd seen, I'd already watched him for a couple of days, and I'm just like, okay, he was a bit of a clown too. I said, this is not something we clown about. This is like, this is really important. If you're really serious about God, like, let's do this. But if you're just clowning around, God is not like some kind of app you can just add to your life. He is your life. And he goes, no, I want to do that. Man gets, invites, we pray with him, invites Christ into his life. Next thing that happens is, is um, he's like, wow. Wow, I'm, we're like, wow, what? He says, you know, I, I, man, I, I just feel like something happened to me. I, something has changed in my life. And we're like, all right, that's cool. Come on, we're gonna, we, we prayed and we worshiped a little more. And he says, you know what? I don't want to be doing this, this drinking anymore. And I don't want to be doing these drugs anymore. And so he like, gets all this stuff out and he's throwing it all in the fire. And then all of a sudden, we're all kind of having a good time. And, <laughs> you know, and it's just... It, 
I'm like, all right, you know, maybe next time let's just use the trash. But uh, <laughs> the thing about this guy, we go back to the church. We go back to the church <laughs> that week, later that week. He is one of those guys that is so like, have you ever seen like a new believer who really got it? Yeah, he was like, all right. He's, and he'd go, he would say, I need, a, I need a Bible. I need a Bible. So we got him a Bible. And he goes, Pastor Mike, he goes, can I meet with you? Like, I go, sure, let's, let's meet. He, I go, when would you like to meet? He goes, I want to meet every day. And I'm like, <laughs> well, every day is not going to work, you know. But uh, I said, let's start with Wednesdays. You know, why don't we just start with Wednesdays? And he, so he'd come in with his Bible. And he goes, I've been reading this thing. And uh, he goes, and I've got lots of questions. I go, okay, well, show me what you were reading and what questions. And he had read about a third of the Bible. And I'm like, that's way too much reading, and that's way too many questions, you know, to start with here. Let's get down to some basic stuff. The man was like a sponge. He was just eating this up. He came out to our young adult services, and he would be there early. He goes, what time is that thing in midweek? And I'm like, it's 7 o'clock, but I'll be there it's around 6 if you want to come a little bit early. He'd be there at 6 o'clock sharp. And he'd, be, he'd, want to, he'd want to have the best seat in the house. I'm like, well, they're always available, you know. <laughs> and uh, so come on up, you know. And uh, he'd want to be there. And as people were coming in, you know, uh, young adults were coming in, this guy would be, um, he'd be over at, the, over at the side door there, and he'd be welcoming them. He's like, hey, uh, good to have you, man. You were at the camp out, weren't you? Yeah, I saw you there, man. Remember me? Threw my drugs in the fire. You know, it was just like... It's like just that kind of energy. And we're like, yes, we remember you. And, uh, and, uh, and then uh, he noticed some of the people who were like leaders, right? Um, and uh, he was like, hey, you know what? You're, you're one of the leaders, right? And I'm like, and, they, and they're like, yeah, yeah, I'm one of the leaders. He goes, wow, man, you know, it's like five after seven, right? We started at seven. I mean, don't you think if you're a leader, you should be here on time? You know, and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the and and he was not joking like he was like because he goes man you and then we start worshiping god and we're having a, a worship set there and uh and uh, as we're worshiping he'd be in the front row by himself and you know and everybody was kind of like spread out like this and he's just like you know just like taking it all in and he's like wow i can't believe you know he's like as he reads the words to a chorus he's like wow that's just so amazing and then he's looking around and and nobody's got their hands up it's just him and he's just like taking it in. and then in the middle of the worship set he's like what is the matter with you people <laughs> and i'm up there playing my guitar and i'm like oh boy we got a problem you know and uh and and, and he's like what is the matter he goes man we serve an amazing God. He goes, I just, he goes, I've only been a Christian like for a week. You guys have been growing up with this stuff. What's the matter with you? You, you know, you just taking this for, and I'm like, you go, buddy. Yeah, come on. Yeah. And like, I'm just letting him, I'm not, I'm like, I just, I didn't hear nothing. You go right ahead. You know, <laughs> he said more in those few minutes than what I had been saying, you know, could say in six months. And so anyway, they were getting mad. They were angry, and some of those leaders would come the next week, and some of those people, and you know where he'd be? He'd be at steps. He'd be waiting for them. (laughs) 
they come down. They're like, well, I'm here. It's like quarter to seven. We're here early. Yeah, but prayer was at 630. And, uh, like he, and he would just go on and on and on like that. And I'm like, okay, Damien, like, Damien you got it. We got to like, you know, there's a, there's a grace side to God. All right. And you got to be, you know, he goes, man, we got to, and we got to get this thing going. And so he was just, and young adults were getting stirred up. Some of the young adults hadn't been challenged like that in years and uh, started to respond. And a little revival was starting to take place. And it's all going good until one day I discover Damien has a past. And I'm like, buddy, it's good to see what God's doing in your life. He goes, but Mike, he says, I got to tell you something. He said, um, because I noticed he was kind of interested in some of the other people, ladies. And I, and, I, and, uh, and I was just wanting to make sure that he wasn't getting ahead of the game here a little bit, you know. And then I said, well, tell me about your other relationships that you've had. Well, uh, it's kind of in my past. I go, what's in your past? He said, well, find out that he had left England, come to Canada, was working there pretty much illegally, and not only did he leave England, but he left a wife and a child behind. And I'm like, dude, I go, what's up, what's up with that? Like, what are you going to do with that? That's a problem. He goes, but he said, Pastor Mike, that's in my past. I don't have to deal with that anymore. I go, no, there's some things you don't have to deal with, like your sin, like, you know, but the consequences of your sin are still there. And you need to deal with that. He goes, I'm not going to, he goes, no, 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 that's my old life. I don't want to do anything. I said, Damien, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go and you're going to pray about this. And you're going to pray about it because you know what? This is not right. And God, I believe that you need to go and at least attempt to reconcile with your wife. He hadn't seen her in two years. She, uh, she was left with a child, and she was with child when he left. He just wanted to run and be, do his party and drugs and fool around and all that stuff. And so he left, and he, I didn't see him for a couple of days, and he called me back, and he said, I said, Damien, how are you doing? He says, I can't get your voice out of my head. He said, I don't want to do it. He goes, but I thought I would maybe write my wife a letter. And I go, well, how about this? How about you fly home and face your mess? He says, well, I would, but I have no money. I said, I've already got it figured out. We're taking up an offering tonight. And we're going to buy you an airfare home. He didn't like that. (laughs) And I I said, I don't care. We're going to do what's right here. So we took up an offering, received the offering. We raised more than enough money to send him home. And uh, he was willing to go and do all that, and he was praying about it, and he's like, you know what, it is the right thing, I need to go and do that. And so he flew home, and uh, when he got there, he, he phoned his wife. Now it's two and a half years. He phones her up and says, 
Hi, it's me, Damien. And she hangs up. And he says, well, I tried. And then the Lord spoke to him and said, no, you didn't try. And so what he did was he got a tape recorder. You remember what those were? Right. Howard, you were using a smartphone speaking. That's, man, you're my hero, man. That's just, wow. He gets a tape recorder, and he records his message, his story, how Christ changed his life. And then he puts it in the mail, in the post, and he has it dropped off. And she receives that, and she sees it's from him, and it's a tape. And it just says, my story. And she's so curious about what he's saying, wants to say, that she puts it in a tape player and plays it. And, and she plays it, and he and goes on for about 45 minutes about not only how sorry he is, but said, this, my life has changed. And he walked through scriptures. He walked through so many things. And she goes, she did not even realize. She, she realized, but she said it did not even sound like him. This did not sound like the old person. This sounds like somebody new. Aren't you glad we're not an old creation, but, an, but a new creation? And she heard it. She said, well... Okay, I guess he is the father, and maybe the kids should hear, see their dad, and, and he'd never seen his, um, his son, get the other child, the second child. And so she invites him over. He comes over to the house, and they meet, and they chat, and her parents are there, you can imagine. They cannot believe the change that is in his life. They, they kind of are skeptical at first. But then they invite him over a second time and they see there's something that's happened in this guy's life. And here, let me tell you the end of the story here. They were not Christian people. None of them were Christian people. They were all just pagan. His, the change that was in his life was so powerful that she said, if this God can change you, Maybe he can change me. She gets saved. Her parents get saved. The next thing we know is that God has brought healing into that relationship, restored them. They renewed their vows. And not only that, they ended up going into ministry and are serving as children's pastors in a local church. Come on now. Come on. When you face your problems and you give the things to God, you see, God can take even the messiest of circumstances and He can turn them around. He can turn them around. I'm going to have to just tell you really quickly because our time is up. But in the end of this story, Jehoshaphat says, I don't know what to do. The Lord says to him, here's what you're going to do. You're going to stand out in this certain place and you're going to worship me and you're going to worship me and, uh, 
and sing songs. And after you're singing these songs, you know, and the, and the, you're going to give thanks to the Lord. And that's what they begin to sing. Give thanks to the Lord for His faithful love endures forever. How many are glad the faithful love of the Lord endures forever? Forever. And so and at the very moment, the Bible says, when they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. And the armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies in Mount Seir and killed every one of them after they had destroyed the army of Seir. You see, the church began to worship and, um, and the battle was, was taking place in the heavenlies and things were beginning, to, uh, strongholds were being destroyed and brought down. It says, when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, they saw that the enemy... The, there were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. Because the Lord had told them, and His promise is true, is this. He said, tomorrow when you march against Him, you will not even have to fight. Take your position, stand still, and watch the Lord's victory. And do not be afraid or discouraged, but go out, go out against them, for the Lord is with you. The battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord's. Amen? And so here's what happens. They go out and they take... They see, the enemy is absolutely destroyed. And here's what they do. They go in and they take everything. For, it took them three days to take all the spoils from the enemy. And you see, they were in a they were in a they were in a place of a problem. They had a problem there, and they were they were they had such a problem. The enemy was coming; he didn't know what to do. But here's what happened: God turned their problem into a blessing. In fact, here's what it says: They found vast amounts of equipment, clothing, and other valuables more than they could carry. There was so much plunder that it took them three days just to collect it. And on the fourth day, they gathered in the Valley of, of Blessing, which got its name that day, because the people raised, praised and thanked the Lord there. It is still called the Valley of Blessing today. You know what? Here's what I believe. God wants to turn your place of trouble into a Valley of Blessing. Amen? That's what He wants to do. He wants to teach us something in it. He wants us to keep our perspective in it. He wants us to focus on the promise, not on the problem. He wants us to stop living at sea level. Because often we live, we kind of guide our life by what we see. But we live by faith, not by sight. Amen? Amen. Listen. Aaron, would you be able to just lead us as we just close? And I know our time has, has uh, gone here, but... This morning, I just want to have a prayer for you that maybe, that you, maybe you found that you've got some problems. Can I encourage you to start giving thanks for what you don't yet see? That's what they began to do. They began to worship the Lord. 
Because praise does something. It gets God working in our circumstances, doesn't it? I, I feel it, it releases the will of God to just work. And we do not praise God for the situation. But in the situation we find ourselves. Because it's there that God gives us peace that transcends our comprehension. You may not see your children serving the Lord today. You may not see your finances in good shape or your health restored or your body healed. You may not see your marriage surviving or your relationships ever having a hope of being mended. But I want to encourage you today. Put your trust in God. Focus on the promise that God is for you. And if God is for you, who can be against you? 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Give your worries and cares to God, for He cares about you. That's what it says. That's a banner of truth. And I want to lift that over my life. I encourage you to lift it over your life today. If you have a problem you want to give to the Lord today, why don't you just stand to your feet he knows what it is. He knows how small it is. He knows how great it is. And let's begin to just give thanks to the Lord for His faithfulness and remind ourselves that the battle is not ours, but the battle is the Lord's today. And He wants to turn your trouble into blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. It's one time through. Faithful, Lord. that your prayer today make it your prayer today to trust in the Lord Lord you are our hope you are our song and God today we commit to you the situations that we find ourselves in 
But we don't want to settle for those situations, Lord. We want to settle for Your will to be accomplished in our lives. And so, Lord, we give all these things to You. We surrender them to You today. We ask that, Lord, You would just take these needs. Teach us what You need to teach us. But God, would You perform Your miracles, Lord, today? God, would You bring the children home who are not serving You today? God, would You restore the marriages that have been broken? God, would You renew and mend the relationships out there? God, those who are sick in body, Lord, we lift them up before You this morning. Whether they have cancer, or whether they have uh, broken bones, or whatever it is, any disease, God, we know that You are Lord over those things. God, we pray for those who find themselves in financial challenges. God, that You would just bring a miracle today. We know we can put our complete trust and hope in You. And we do that today. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. For Your glory. Lord, be with these people as they go. Reminding them that when they leave this auditorium, they do not walk out of this auditorium and leave You behind. You're not, you don't live here. You live in us. Christ in us. The hope of glory. And Lord, You do go with us. And may You go with them today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a praise offering for what You're about to receive. Amen. Amen. Thank you this morning. You're dismissed. God bless you all. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Holy Community Church, a place where families come together.